0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the psychology of solving big problems with my friend, Anne Home. Welcome, Anne.
1: Yeah, glad to be back. It's been a little while. So I yeah, missed everybody yeah. here in the Logistics of Logistics universe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is, again, a new thing for us because we're now, vid- everything's a video too, so I have to figure yes. all that out. But anyway, I'm excited about this topic because i kind of been talking about the stuff that we're going to talk about today with Ann. we've been talking about for a while. So I'm excited about it. I know you are too, Anne. But before we get into that... Introduce yourself and your company.
1: Sure, absolutely. So my company is cleverly named Anholm.net. It actually used to be called Uncover Your Potential, but I was talked into just calling it straight up Anholm.net. You get a
0: ton of visitors there, so you must be doing something right.
1: Yes, I do get a ton of visitors there. Anyway, so it's executive coaching, mental fitness coaching, resilience coaching. And so I've been doing that for, let's see, let's see, 2006. So what does that make it? That makes it 15 years or so that I've been coaching. So
0: give us a little bit of your background before you started that. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And then give us some career highlights before you started and home.net.
1: Okay. So I grew up in the Detroit area and I currently live in Minnesota, but I think of myself as a Detroiter. Um, Just
0: with colder weather.
1: Just, yeah, a little (laughs) bit colder weather, but a little bit more sunshine. And so I grew up in the Detroit area and I went to University of Michigan for both my degrees. And what I actually first did out of school was I worked with brain injured people. So I have a, a great deal of experience with applied brain science. And then, and it was in a medical setting. So when they started really ramping up, Paperwork and all of that—it wasn't as much fun anymore. So I took my my tent and moved it over to the coaching. Take your work. talents so, to
0: South Beach.
1: <laughs> my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've been doing this for a long time, fifteen years. But in the really in the people development business for much longer than you that. You
0: told way. me once that you were kind of coaching brain injured people anyway. Obviously with your current clients, hopefully aren't injured, but right, right. <laughs> no. we all have our problems. <laughs> Every
1: now and again, somebody will say, you know, but no, I've been working with a lot of logistics. Actually, I've been doing a lot of almost exclusively logistics, but other individuals who are trying to level up and you know understand themselves a little bit more and cover their potential and all of that. Right. So.
0: Well, I was patient zero in the logistics business for Ann. So uh, <laughs> Ann's been <laughs> my were. coach, I think, at least eight, 10 years. It's been a long time. And I said this before on my other podcast. I started talking to Ann again, I think eight, ten 10 years ago. I'm thinking 2008, 2009. Ann was the one who encouraged me to start my blog. And she said, just call it the logistics of logistics. I was like, well, that's not a good name. I'll just use that as a placeholder. And I'll think something clever later. And then everyone I said, I don't know the name yet. I'm just using the logistics of they're like, no, that's perfect. That's great. And I was like, (laughs) you know, it is great. And it just finally, after enough people told me, I was like, I don't know why it didn't hit me like everybody else. And was like, that's great, Joe. Oh, so yeah. at Anne's behest, I started the Logistics of Logistics and she encouraged me to blog. And the Logistics of Logistics started as a blog. Then I did some webinars. Then I started doing a lot of training. And then we did, we've done a lot of training over the years, coaching uh, sales and leadership stuff, mostly in logistics space. But we also did some stuff for university. That's you know, Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We did. We did. We did a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We covered a broad swath, but uh, we seem to carry the logistics of logistics mantle with us. And I love the space. I really have enjoyed working with logistics clients. Really, really do enjoy it.
0: And I can tell you guys, just from my own perspective, Anne has helped me miss a whole bunch of potholes along the way. And it's funny because you think, well, I can think for myself. I know things. I don't need somebody to tell me, don't hit that pothole. But there are times when you can't see the things that Ann can see. She has great insights because she understands. Coming from a a scientific perspective, she understands personality types. And that is much different than the rah-rah kind of coach or the I already did it in your industry coach. There's some value to all that. But I think there's a lot of value to coaches like Ann who say, I know how you are wired.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting about that. And this is sort of what we were talking about earlier this morning is the logistics field, but fields in general, they are morphing quickly, especially after the pandemic. But even before that, things are changing. And so you may have heard people say, the job you are doing 10 years from now may not even exist today. So the only thing you can really take with you as you move from place to place, of course, are your experiences, but also the self-knowledge that you gain in all of these places, the self-awareness, all of those sort of personal developmental characteristics are what you take to that next job. So it's super important to pay attention to that because the industry changes so quickly.
0: Right. And that's so true. I'm in my 50s and I started working when I was 19. If I was to go back, my old job doesn't even exist. They still design and engineer automotive parts, obviously. They still make cars, but So much of what I did and how I did it is gone. So you really have to say, I mean, I took some of the knowledge, but what we did, to your point, 10, 15 years ago, seems like a distant memory and how we'll do it 10 years from now is going to be very different.
1: Yeah, yeah, you really do. You have to address how you're going to be around change. You have to talk about, if you think about you and me, we're sort of in the same age group within six months, right? We... Started off with our phones on the wall, and now we're doing podcasts over the internet. If you have not the open mindedness to morph into that technology, you could really put a stop developmentally on your career trajectory. So,
0: I got to tell you, one of my first jobs, I was an engineering. I was a runner. So I, would design, I was a detailer, so I designed cars. And I was also the runner. So if there was important letters that had to be shipped from one place or another or picked up, I would grab that. And I loved it because I'd get in my car, I'd be jamming, and I'd go. St- Get, get drive. I'd make my half hour trip, take two hours, drive everywhere. Anyway, I remember one day they came in and said, Oh, we have this new machine. It's called a facsimile machine. And I was like, I'm dating myself here. And they're like, we're all going to be trained to use it. And they go, and, but then the boss said, we're going to be trained, but I really just want secretary to use it. And then the boss said, Joe, you oh, yeah. can use it. You can use it too. And I was like, so I remember one day they said, rather than you drive from Dearborn to Warren, Michigan, <laughs> just faxed that. And I was like, oh my God, I can't take a joyride for two hours. And I remember our secretary said, this thing isn't working. I said, why is it not working? She goes, every time you put something in it, it just shoots right out the back.
1: (laughs) And I was like,
0: I think that's what it's supposed to do. And she goes, what do you mean? It's supposed to go to Warren. And and so finally, being an engineering company, everybody gathered around to fix this (laughs) machine. And I said, I think it's working. I just think it works right now. And then and all these guys are saying, Joe, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and, I, and finally <laughs> I said, I think it goes to like the telephone or something. And just as I said that we got a phone call from the Warren people said, stop sending us the same facts." And then I'm like, oh my God. And I was thinking to myself, now the facts, the high-tech toy that we had, it's a joke. Who wants to get a fax now?
1: You hardly ever ever get them. You're scanning and sending right. and everything else like that. So yeah, the-
0: so I keep thinking the technologies that we use. It's come so far, and again, the phone on the wall. We thought we were pretty clever when we had really long cords.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes, and could get into the closet. But you know, to the point from the perspective of logistics logistics is is leaning heavily on technology and continues to do so. You mentioned AI and things like that are really important trajectories for the logistics industry. So it's probably going to look very different even five years from now.
0: Right. We're going to have a lot of the trucks that we now get with people. The stuff that people are doing right now is going to be managed by technology. And so we're all going to have to kind of remake ourselves, repot ourselves in slightly different careers going forward. So that's why this topic is so important. So today's topic, again, is the psychology of solving big problems. Another way to look at it also is there's opportunities. But when we talk about where we want to be five years from now, that's a big problem or a big opportunity, depending how you want to look at it. So... Give us a little background on this psychology of what we're going to go through, and then we'll go through the five points of solving those
1: problems. Okay. So when you're looking at a big problem, you have to look at it not only in the moment that it's happening, but you also have to look at it sort of long-term, and you also have to decide if whatever solution you've come up with is in alignment with yourself, either personally, if you are, are a individual doing this or if you're in alignment with your goals. Now, in the old days, problem solving might have been more about somebody yelling a little bit louder about solving the problem. And there wasn't a lot of take a few steps back and let's really look at what we have to do to solve it so that you get people on board you get buy in all of those types of things so
0: right and you know and i also think the pace of change is so much faster what used to be again i come from my background in automotive what parts that didn't change for decades would change every few years after a while and when you have something that you make every year you go oh we make that little bracket and you go yeah it's easy we make this many brackets and we hope to get a nickel more th- next year than this year And life is good. And now you're looking go, yeah, they're trying to eliminate that bracket or make it out of a different material. We are getting – and also, this is not just for – in the old days, we'd all work at a company, one company for many years, and they would take care of us from cradle to grave, right? Now we're kind of on our own. And I think part of this kind of thinking is going to help you get to that next place in your career.
1: Yes, and that's
0: yes, <laughs> and let's yes. face it, you're probably not going to retire from where you're sitting right now. So
1: no, something like a dozen or fifteen jobs you'll have in the course of a lifetime oh, and it may even <laughs> might even expand beyond that.
0: I had like twenty by the time I was thirty. So
1: oh <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the main point being that when you go from job to job, you're taking skill sets and experiences with you, of course, but you're also taking your developmental trajectory with you. Do you have a growth mindset? Are you going to take this stuff with you to your next job? And that's why it's so important to think about these, your problems and things that you work with from the perspective of these five components.
0: So these five things we're going to talk about right now, this is from the book. What's the name of the book again?
1: Positive Intelligence
0: by sorry, that guy's name,
1: Khamene. So, C H A M I N E is the last name, positive intelligence. And basically, what it is, is this idea that the things that we encounter day to day, big or small, we can either come at them from a perspective of laser focus, or we can come at these problems from a perspective of judgment getting worked up, et cetera, et cetera. Because problems do cause us. To get worked up. I mean, that's so. This is, we talked in a previous. Podcast about the saboteurs and the judge. We talked about how that can you get three logistics people in a room, and one is an avoider, and so they're not telling the boss what really needs to be told. The boss is a super controller, so he makes trying to avoid
0: talking to him. <laughs> avoid <about> talking
1: it. <laughs> to him, and then you've got somebody who's a victim who always thinks they're getting caught in the crosshairs. I mean, there's just a variety of these saboteurs, but there is five steps that you can take to solve a problem and kind of push away some of these not helpful behaviors.
0: Right. And I think Anne had me read this or listen, I listened to this book and did the program that was in it and it is very good. And I think the one thing for me that I took away, big thing, was how much time and effort we spend judging ourselves and others. And usually, uh, harshly, you know, you never go, well, you know, Tom had a bad day and Who knows what's going on at home? I mean, he's a good guy usually, but he didn't do well today. Instead, we kind of have these awful thoughts about him, but also about ourselves, where you make a mistake and you go, God, I suck. So we need to stop the negative judging that takes us really nowhere. It's so part of our lives, though. I mean, it's in us.
1: It's definitely in us. So I want to just, I'm going to take a 30,000 foot view just to sort of describe the difference in thinking. From a perspective of, of my very favorite sport, basketball, today a little bit of a wounded Wolverine because of what Illinois did to our basketball team.
0: Right, that was painful. It was painful. <laughs> I'm a Wolverine too. Oh,
1: it was so painful. But
0: and and worse for you because your favorite son went to Illinois.
1: <laughs> yes, my favorite son went to Illinois, and oh, your only van. son. And we're all Michigan, <laughs> and we're all Michigan people. And then we've got Andrew that went to Illinois. But here's the thing. In the old days, you had coaches like Bobby Knight, who scream, yell, throw a chair,
0: choke choke you, you,
1: (laughs) whatever (laughs) it would take to get something out of you, right?
0: I'll get the best from Joe. Maybe a little less breath in his lungs will still wake him up.
1: Exactly. If he turns blue, he might do better. And you saw that he got some results, some national championships and things like that. But at the end of the day, there was a debris path that came with this style of, I'm going to beat you into it. He had a high standard, no question about it. And at the same time, he was ruthless. Let's just say that. Now you look at, Joan Howard, I really love him as a coach because he has this thing called the growth mindset, and he's not running away from the fact that that was the world's worst game the other right. night.
0: And for those of you who don't watch Michigan basketball, and you should, they just got destroyed by Illinois. Illinois really outplayed them. 23 yeah.
1: points. It was terrible. And this is a team
0: that has done real well all year. Yeah. And I think they're 18 and one, and they just got blown out by Illinois. Oh, so it was just awful. So, so it was that opportunity to reflect and say, whew, And the old way is to your point would have been a a severe beating by the coach and a tongue lashing. But you were saying there's another way. There's another way. So walk us through those five steps. If if Juwan's on your same wavelength,
1: right? He is on my same wavelength. So thinking of Bobby Knight, you would have run him out of the gym. They probably would have ran until they threw up. Right. Um, (laughs) But so with Jawan, he said, "Okay, you know what? This was awful." He called. He said, "We're going to be looking at a horror film." I love that turn of phrase. Right. So let's look at these five steps. I'm going to list them first, and then I'm going to go a little bit deeper into them. So the first step is empathy, which is hard to believe that you would ever want to have empathy in your toolbox when you're looking for excellence. Because the first thing you say is, well, look, if I'm empathetic, I'm going to lower my standard. I'm going to let people get away with stuff. But that is the first step. And we'll talk about the difference between empathy and letting you just skirt away with nothing. The next step is, is explore. So you take a, take a discerning eye and you look at what just happened. So you're taking a step back. You're looking trying at- Trying to be family, objective. Trying to be objective, trying to really talk about what happened. And then the next one is innovate. So you're going to try to figure out, well- okay, now we sort of know what happened. We know the lay of the land here. What can we do to solve it next time? And then we go to the next step after that, which is how is that in alignment with what we're trying to achieve as a team? How is that in alignment with those variables? So that's
0: the navigate stage, right?
1: The navigate stage. Yeah. So if you have a culture in either your business or your team or whatever, there's a certain set of principles you keep in mind when you decide what you're going to do. So in the case of Michigan basketball, it's about accountability, personal uh, sacrifice and family or team. So whatever solution you'd come up with.
0: There's a selflessness to that team when they're playing well.
1: Yes. Um, And that's one of their values.
0: And it's interesting when they lost the other day, their passing was really off compared to usual. So they're going back and saying, hey, guys, when we navigate this, we're looking at this is our one of our values.
1: Well, and if let's say one of the solutions was, well, let's pit one guy against the other and on our very team and let's see what dog eats the other dog. But that's not in alignment with the values of the team. So that's where the navigate piece comes in. And then the activate piece is, you know, what are the bold actions are we're going to take? So. Those are the five steps. So
0: that's what you're hoping, that you want to go take them through so they can win that last game and clinch the Big Ten Championship. For heaven's
1: T- sake. Tonight. <laughs> tonight. Good <laughs> Lord, I hope so. But So big problems require really, what I want to say, a sharpened eye toward growth and learning and a sharpened eye around the psychology of all this.
0: Right. And I think what we're talking about here, when we talk about big problems, we're not talking about, oh, I underpaid my electrical bill now I have to go write them another check. We're talking about the career I'm in logistics and supply chain is changing, what will my job be in five years? That's a big problem. So the first thing you need to do is that empathy, and it might be empathy for yourself.
1: Yes, it could be. It could be. You could You could be in a situation where you come from a family where the expectations are a certain way, and now you're beating yourself up because you haven't decided what you're going to do. So- or you've made
0: a few career missteps. You didn't know exactly what you wanted to do. You took a job or two that didn't work out. You quit or you got fired. Right. And right. and you can be really down on yourself. And I think that's where you don't want to have empathy for yourself. I'm jumping to the second one. You also don't want to look objectively. You can't. You look and go, oh, my God, I got fired or I took a job I didn't want or whatever might have happened. And now all of a sudden I'm not empathetic for my, towards myself. I am also can't even think objectively. All I think of is wonder what my next failure will be, or wonder, or if I'm thinking of someone else, I wonder what they'll screw up next.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's a term we use and it's called blameless discernment. So there's a certain, you take a step back.
0: We don't have that in logistics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to use blameless. I'd love to introduce you to it, but you take a step back and you say, okay, let's say the load was not delivered on time. Let's just say that we're going to take a, just that simple. It's happened. Problem. <laughs> it happens every now and again, right? So You may need to take a step back and understand actually what happened from a personal standpoint. Like, was it just an awful day that you were having? And does that mean you're the world's worst logistic provider in the entire world? No, it may just be that you've had a bad day. You might have, you're coming off of COVID or something like that. Now that, people might say right off the bat, oh, that sounds like an excuse. It's not an excuse. It is something that gets put into the mix to help you understand what went on. And at the end of the day, you want to take an empathetic view of it because beating yourself up does not get you anywhere.
0: Or others. And that's, you know, getting back to it the old way. And again, many of us in the 50s remember screaming bosses who just went off on you when things went wrong. And to some extent, there is no excuse. You're, you're responsible. Fix this idiot. Right. And you think to yourself, I better never make that mistake again. And if I do, I will hide it. And also, this also doesn't like recognize the fact that we might want to try and fix something underlying to this. Instead, I'm just trying to get away from it. I'm trying trying to distance myself from the mistake.
1: Right. Well, and the other thing I'm going to add to that too is if you are trying to develop your staff, let's say you're a leader in your company, and if you lack empathy, you're going to have a harder time people coming in and using you as a resource to do whatever needs to be done right. I mean, who wants to go in and meet up with somebody who feels like the worst teacher you ever had in your days, who's going to not, take a lens of understanding and want to assist you, but wants to belittle you for your shortcomings. So empathy is really important. And I think
0: also one last thing on empathy, I've said this many times on this podcast, and I'll say it many more times, is if you shoot the messenger, they will stop coming. And that's we've all been there, where you have a boss or a customer who is unreasonable, and there's something maybe beyond your control or maybe beyond this process of the systems, And every time there's a problem, they go ballistic. And after a while, you're like, the hell with it. I'm hiding this because they're going to treat me like I'm a serial killer because this didn't go right. And we hide. That happens. And I think we got to get away from that because when we have big problems, we need everybody involved. And if you decide, I'll scream at that guy instead, and that'll teach him to make mistake, he's not going to be a good part of the team. So what's the second one besides empathy? You said-
1: Empathy. So you you get everybody sort of, their head is in the game now. They feel like they're understood. The next one is explore. So explore is almost like you're an archaeologist. So you're going to a site- And you're trying to discern what actually happened.
0: Right. And I think if we were to look at this kind of as part of Six Sigma, this be collecting data right?
1: Yes, yes. Just collect
0: data. Don't judge anything. Just just pull in some information. And let's f- see what the numbers say.
1: Yep. And sometimes people use the term autopsy too.
0: Right. And that's what Jawan's been doing for the last two days saying, what the hell happens? Just who dropped the ball? Literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing the <laughs> autopsy phase of it. So when you do Without the blame. autopsy, right? Yeah. You're just looking like a scientist. You're trying to decide okay, what's the lay of the land? What do we have going on here? And you look for some of the details and causal factors and things like that. So you're looking at, you're exploring as if you were a archaeologist.
0: So, and again, if I was trying to figure out where I'm going to be in five or 10 years, the exploring might be, hey, I, I googled some things. I asked some friends where the industry's going and just It's not necessarily stats, but it's just maybe 5, 10 articles. Maybe I watched some YouTube videos. I got up to speed on stuff. Or listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It's golden. (laughs) Or it might look like this. So you might say, well, okay, you know, I've been in this business for 10 years. And you might take a step back and say, okay, what did those experiences look like? What did I learn from that? What were the best parts of that? What would I like to carry forward? Things like that. So you can look at past career decisions, good, bad, and ugly, and decide, how does that inform your future choices? Sometimes when you do that, you can just get so angry that maybe you felt like you spent too much time in a certain spot or whatever. Right.
0: And that was when, and not to make it all about me <laughs> or you, but when I got you as a coach, you took me through some personality assessments. And it was like, oh, okay, this was an exploration. And then you said, here's, here's some of your blind spots. Here's some of your strengths. Let's see if we can't find you a gig that plays a little bit to your strengths.
1: Right, right, exactly. Like
0: like blabbing on a podcast all day.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) magic, isn't it? (laughs) So what's the next one? The next one is innovate. So this is basically similar to classic brainstorming, but not just brainstorming. And so it's the idea of moving the energy forward by looking at what is possible. Sometimes when you're in a setting where you're trying to come up with unique ideas to solve an issue or to uh, look at, a job possibility or whatever, and somebody throws something on the table, there's a tendency to say, Well, that won't work because. Right, right. So we judge what I, it. <laughs> you judge it. You judge it, and you don't move the energy forward. So what I propose instead is that you find the part of that idea that you actually like. That 10%, all you need is 10% to move that energy forward. So if you say, I'd like to explore a job where I'm in a startup. And so, so you say that, and I would say back to you, well, what I like about that is that you're looking for something that's brand new you've never done before. And then, yes, well, what I like about that is... As opposed is, to saying,
0: they might not have enough money for you <laughs> when you go...
1: Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly, And so that's what we often do when we're in this innovate stage either for our career or we're working within our organization is that we don't say, this is what I like. Let's move that forward and move that forward. We judge it right away and we shut it all down.
0: Right. And, you know, think about in our business logistics When you've gone through and you've said, okay, we've explored, here's, we've got data. There's a problem with this location. We don't get pickups right. You can go back and start having this innovate, like we're going to innovate a solution to this. But first off, let's just keep our minds completely open and brainstorm to your point. And here's 10 different ways we can solve this. We don't necessarily have to pick one yet.
1: No, you don't have to pick one. And the most important part of this phase of it is moving the energy forward, not throwing stuff out to be put on the shooting range to be riddled with holes. There's a time for that to look at possibilities and to decide whether something's going to work or not. But you're not going to move the energy forward into anything that's new or meaningful if you shoot it down right off the bat.
0: Right. So what's the next step after Innovate?
1: Okay. So after you get all your solutions on the table and you pick out the viable ones and all of that, then it's going to be, well, what do you do next? And that's when you either check in with yourself if you're an individual and you're looking for something new in your career. So you want to check in with, at the end of the day, what's most important to you. So maybe it's the idea of autonomy. So you want to have maximum autonomy in the role that you do. So looking at this job 10 years down the road, what would be most important to you? Well, the idea that I have some autonomy. That's one way to navigate. From a company standpoint, it might be what our values are. So, or from, if we think about what went on in that massacre with Michigan and Illinois, Joan Howard isn't going to say, well, we're just going to run until you guys throw up because you were so lazy the other night or something like that. He's going to talk about, let's come together, accountability, but we're family that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I think also he's, at that point, if you're innovating, you talked about solutions for, here's where we got stopped the other day. Here's some solutions to get around that. When that starts happening, we're going to pivot and do this. So that, and that's going to align to the true north, as you said earlier, I think. You're not going to see all of a sudden that there's going to be a sea change. We're going to, we're going to start. Uh, you know, if you're a high tech company and you find this solution, you're navigating. You're going to say, "Look, what we often do is we code around those problems." You're not going to all of a sudden say, "Hey, somebody with an Excel spreadsheets going to start managing that." Nope, you're going to code. So, so you've taken us through empathy, explore, innovate, navigate. What is the last point?
1: Well, the last point is to decide what the bold action is going to be. So it's activate, and the key here is. When you decide what is the best solution that is in alignment with our company goals or our personal goals, deciding what exactly it is that you're going to do. And one of the key steps in that is to understand how you can talk yourself out of it. So when you activate, you're also asking yourself, okay, what am I truly willing to do? You don't want to come up with something you're not truly willing to try because that's not going to get you anywhere. So you have to, you want to take bold action, but you also want to say, you know, this is what I'm really willing to do. I can use the example of, let's say you have the world's messiest office and you kind of go through all of this and you say, okay, well, I'm going to clean my whole office. Well, that's really bold of you, but you may not have it in you to do that much. And you, and so you might say, well, today's step is going to be cleaning off my desk.
0: Yeah. I'm going to do that five days in a row and then go from there. So the activate is the, again, identifying the bold and best solutions for you.
1: That you're willing to take. Yep. Yep.
0: So I like it. I like it. So if I was to step back and just kind of put this in my layman terms here in terms of what I might do to navigate my next big career move. First, I have to have empathy, right, towards myself. And if I was dealing with others, obviously towards them. But again, I think it's interesting, this the idea of empathy towards yourself, because we so often, especially if you let maybe got let go or got or quit because it was a bad fit. You don't have empathy. You're judging. You're blaming, right? Second is this exploration where you're kind of to say, I'm going to be objectively look for what makes the most sense. What's the next great thing that I want to be part of? It's measured, but you're doing research of some sort. You're doing a little bit of analysis. Then innovate. I could just say, I'm going to go wild. I'm going to take a piece of paper. I'm going to write down everything that I might do, right?
1: Move the energy forward. Move the energy forward.
0: And then I'm going to navigate. I'm going to say, "Look, I put a lot of these things down here that, but that doesn't take me where I want to go because I already had this kind of true north. I know what I wanted to be someday." And then, last but not least, pick yeah. <laughs> and pick, pick and get very focused again. So it's an interesting because I, when I think of the judging and blaming, that's like you're sad, you're sad or angry. The second part is just very measured. Let's just do analysis. Let's get out of this angry, sad place. Next, when we're innovating, energy's high, moving the energy forward. Then navigate, which again, let's align this to something that makes sense to us. If I plan on being an entrepreneur, don't take a job that takes me away from that. Take a job that's going to-
1: Yes, that's a perfect example. Alignment. Yep, great. I love that.
0: And then last but not least, Take that, that bold, best solution and be clear that you're actually willing to do it.
1: Yes, so. that's perfectly summarized. Good. So Perfect.
0: Final thoughts on this, and then I want to hear more about what's going on over at anhome.net.
1: Okay. So my final thoughts, I love the way you summarize this because...
0: And you made uh, me read the book. You remember, so yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you reviewed it with me. So <laughs> it was a great book. Say, say the title again.
1: It's called Positive Intelligence.
0: I listened to it on Audible and Shirzad actually narrates the book, which I yes, like. Yes, he does. Not yes, every does. author does that. And I think he does a great job.
1: So yeah. It's, it's, I love the way you summarize this because basically... What it does is does one of the most valuable things you can do for yourself, which is to give yourself a growth mindset. It's hard to have a growth mindset when you're judging yourself at every turn and beating yourself down. So... Yeah,
0: and I think that that's happened to a lot of us during COVID because you're sitting around. God, and I, I know <laughs> you covered on other podcasts, but that first few months of sitting around just drinking red wine and eating corn chips and I was like, I just felt I wasn't going to the gym, wasn't getting exercise, scared. After a while, I was judging myself because I was like, I won't get on the scale. I know I'm not going to the gym. It felt horrible. And it's hard not to say Oh my God, I suck. What am I doing? Right?
1: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. So, lonely
0: if, people are lonely during this time, too.
1: Yeah. So, if you get on the scale, you have the empathy and say, I'd spent a rough deal with this COVID. <laughs> right. And the only way I'm going to know what I need to do next is to forgive myself for whatever I've done in the past. Get on the scale. I think
0: ice cream's yours, COVID. That's why I ate it. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But, but you do that. You say, okay, you know, I'm going to forgive myself for eating all this ice cream because I can't. Change that anyway. I it's already been consumed, and go to okay. Explore. Okay, what happened here? Well, I kept ice cream around all the time. All right, what am I going to do instead?
0: Not have ice cream.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and there's been. But there actually was a lot of innovate during COVID because we couldn't meet in person. We couldn't go to the gym. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. So we really did have to come up with some clever solutions.
0: Oh, yeah. I saw so many things with like companies having cocktail parties and I... Peloton just boomed. I know my daughter bought a Peloton, her and her husband. And they ride it like crazy because they couldn't go to the gym. And so things are changing. So I jumped in and interrupted you here, Anne, but please give us your final thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a way to keep a growth mindset. And so when you look, for instance, as you brought up COVID, COVID had us doing a lot of stuff we didn't want to do, we didn't like. And yet at the same time, this is... This is the seas that we found ourselves in, the raging seas of COVID. So we really had to step back and forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we made. Really, we had to look at what's the lay of the land right now? What can we do? Can we do this on Zoom or whatever and decide how are we going to handle this? So, it's still in alignment with what our goals are and what are those actions that we're going to take. It's so critically important to have that growth mindset because curveballs and change are going to happen, and you got to be ready to be able to pivot but pivot in a way that you're not making yourself miserable in the meantime.
0: Right. And what I'll do is I'll put a link to some of the, you gave me a link to some of uh, Positive Intelligence stuff. I'll put that in along with a link to your LinkedIn profile and a link to your website. So tell us what's new with you and anhome.net.
1: Oh, gosh. So there's a couple things. The crummy first draft of my book is done. All
0: right. Now, what's the book about?
1: (laughs) The book is about brain bandwidth. So it's the idea of the things that we do to either give ourselves more mental energy or how we drain ourselves. So the first draft is done. It's due to the publisher June 1st. So we're going to get it done. And then secondly, and I'm very proud of this, is I read Positive Intelligence 2012. So like eight years ago, 2013, that area. And I always found it an interesting and compelling model to look at things. And so at this time last year, Shirzad, the author of the book, decided that he wanted to start to roll out coaches who understood this framework and could really apply it well. And that's
0: the framework we're talking about today. So I think in yes. that book, these are called sage powers, right?
1: Right. Right, right, but they're effectively those steps that you can take to keep your growth mindset as you're as you're solving big problems. And so, I was certified in that. I was one of the first that have been certified to provide the the program for people. So that's really, really exciting too. So those are two of the big things. If
0: there's a coaching or Myers Briggs or any certification in the brain, Anne's got it. I have a few <laughs> I anyway. You, I think you do one a year.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's interesting because...
0: You have a growth mindset.
1: <laughs> well, it is a growth mindset, but one thing I have to be careful of is the navigate piece of this. Of course, learning is good and it's always good, but if, I, if I'm if i trying to... I have to steer the ship somewhere. right?
0: And you're going to always be close to coaching and brain science because that's where you come from and that's your what you do.
1: Right. And yet I'd still have to not, I can't be everywhere. So I have to, I had somebody contact me about looking at being certified on some other thing. And I thought, you know what, actually that's not in alignment. So that's that navigate piece. So
0: so tell me, I know you're doing some work with my good buddy, Mike Temple. What's going on? What are you guys doing over there?
1: Yeah. So Mike Temple and Donna Phoebus. Donna Phoebus does a lot of financial coaching. So she's the person- For
0: logistics people.
1: For logistics people. Yes, yes. So we're working with the logistics crowd. But I do the people development piece of it, helping people be at their best. I'm coaching a number of logistics people and many of them are women. And I'm really proud of that too, because women in the logistics sphere are not as common as men. And sometimes they, they have some navigational challenges in the sector. So I love working with women that are in the logistics sector. So I do that a lot through Mike with Temple Executive Coaching. And I'm looking at developing some online courses as well that we're going to offer through Temple Executive Coaching. So lots of stuff on the horizon.
0: Well, it's a good group because you got Donna with the financial, Mike, as kind of the uh, subject matter expert. In the business, and you come from the well. You probably have a lot of subject matter expertise in it too, but you are really coming from the coaching, brain science, and yeah, the people development
1: development piece is is really what I'm all about. Mike does a lot of the strategy of it too. What's the in other words, defining actually what the navigate is?
0: Right. Well, I can tell you, I've worked with Mike, and I've worked with you, and I can't work with better people in this space.
1: Oh. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Anyway, and thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. And um, I will put all those appropriate links in there and we'll get this published. And thank you so much. I will also, by the way, anyone listening, check out the Logistics of Logistics on YouTube. I'm putting a lot of videos up now if that's your Yay! thing.
1: Yeah. Know, you know what I love? Every time I hear the logistics of logistics, I just laugh about the moment when you said, yeah, 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 that's fine. And I'm thinking, I thought it was kind of cool. I know. <laughs>
0: like, I, know. But I I, remember saying it, and I've said it many times to people, like, I love your name. And I was like, yeah. I was like, for the first week going, well, I'm going to come up with something better. That's, just, gotta a be something better that's that just, just a placeholder. has got to be something better than that just a placeholder. Yep. Again, that's just a small part of the ways you've helped me out, Anne. So I appreciate all of the you're help. Welcome. And I appreciate all of you listening to the podcast. Your continued supports very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at logistics dot com.